this will literally be the only non-basketball thing we talk about on the podcast today. What a fucking moment in the USA-England semifinal in the World Cup is Nair with a pair of big brass ones, blocks, whichever English chav decided to take that shot. And the USA will be in the finals, much to the chagrin of the entire English nation, who thought our women as too arrogant. Uh, and I guess uh, the USA women can, showed them can up. Can you play that for like two more seconds? I just want to yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want to see? I don't think they cried. What do you mean? No one was. They weren't crying at the end. They were like very serious. Oh, because the game wasn't over. That was oh. the middle, that was a penalty shot. But do, this is a good question. Do, the, within the game. So are you, you telling me you don't support the American women? What are you, some type of fucking oh, misogynist about, or something? I'm all about tears. I no, think everyone should cry. Are you fucking misogynist, bro? <laughs> Yo, bro, I like massages. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? <laughs> uh, but do do women women sports players do they cry? Because I know men cry a lot in sports. Right. I almost feel like they might cry less because they're trying to be more. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen a 538 Nate Silver analysis on the respective <laughs> crying. In I the want tears per second. Genders. I, will say, I, I will say this. I think women's soccer is 150% more entertaining than men's soccer. And I'm not sure why. It's just the entry balls seem uh, more abundant and they seem more impacting and they seem more accurate. So you get it seems like you get much more action in the box in women's soccer and oh. no. <laughs> I see what you such did there. A, such a wow. such a misogynist setup there. Very seriously here. <laughs> and uh and uh but you get much more action. Yeah, uh, plus there's more uh, they, they play on the carpet. Dude, I was I was actually making a serious studied point there, and your juvenile mind wouldn't let me a serious wow. analytical discussion of yeah, the differences yeah, sure, between men and female soccer. But uh, for whatever reason, but I do think female soccer is like uh, like I think the two women's sports that I enjoy the most are tennis and soccer, and I think uh, women's soccer to me. Uh, I only watch really during World Cup and you know uh, Champions League. But I think the women's women's just the pace of play is way better on the men's side for whatever reason that is. I don't know. Somebody soccer person could tell me better, but I think I had a pretty good analogy of it. And women's tennis, varying on uh, the talent between the respective men's and uh, and female field. You know, like for instance, I, I loved growing up watching Steffi Graf. That era Graf. of female tennis was so exciting. Uh, I to love watch. the noises they make. <laughs> and of course. Um, and of course, the Williams sisters, when they came up, that was like, that was very awesome. I actually think Serena was the, um, I think next to Jordan was the most dominant era of her generation. I think, I think it's Tiger after that. If Tiger would have carried through um, and didn't have that funky period, I think he would have been on the same level as a Jordan. But I think the only true Jordan that we saw after that period was Serena. But uh, nevertheless, that will be the only. Um, non-basketball discussion that we'll be having yeah. on, on today's podcast. Yeah, plus Serena quit for a year to to. Uh, well, first of all, didn't she race. she won a she won a she won a major while she was pregnant. I think the Australian. That's like oh, yeah. crazy, dude. That is wild. But um, yeah, because it will be the only thing we talk about uh non-basketball related. I mean, holy there's no shit. time to talk about anything. There is else. no time. Oh my god, NBA. Holy shit. This is welcome to the holy shit NBA free agency roundup. Uh free agency started at 6 p.m. 
this year as opposed to 12 a.m., yeah. which makes so much more sense. That's prime time, Because baby. you can't make deals at, at 12 a.m. Even, even for, I mean, there would be deals that came out at midnight, but you saw the impact of moving it earlier. Deals were coming and coming and coming and coming. It made it so much more fun uh, uh, this year to watch, but we'll see. Uh, I was coming in this morning, and I saw that uh, in Toronto they're having a plane watch yeah. <laughs> on Kauai. Yeah. It was almost like, and they got him driving down the highway. It had shades of like 95 with OJ Goldman Dude, swerving they're, they're on gonna the I-10 or whatever. They're going to scare him off, man. Oh, my God. It's well, too I much thirst. Somebody, somebody brought up an interesting point, though. Would he really be flying back to Toronto to tell them to their face that he's not going there? Or wouldn't he have them kind of come to him in L.A. if he was deciding to stay in L.A.? You know what I'm saying? Well, we don't know if he's decided yet. Maybe he wants to go get one more meeting. We'll and, see. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like he's not fully decided, but it, it sounds like everyone's yeah, saying he's coming to Lakers. I have but. a feeling we're going to get to Kawhi uh, in this podcast sooner or later. Just one more quick point before we get into our five most important free agency signings. Not necessarily the best, but the most important free agency signings. Uh, so they're going to have an NBA rule change, and I'm not sure if this is going to be in season. I hope it's in the season, but it's going to be in the, in the um, summer league. Um, which we should find a way to go to. Um, and that's and that's they're going to allow the coaches to have one challenge per game. Now, I think this Whoa, is fantastic really? fucking news. I hope it expands to be a, a more similar NFL-like system. Um, and I saw, and I'll tell you a couple reasons why that is, but I saw this idiot on ESPN, you know, hot take, talking about, oh, it'll slow down the game, the NBA game's already too choppy, this or that. If you talk... To people, why don't you watch the NBA game? I will tell you, at least 40% of them tell me they don't trust the refereeing. They don't trust the refing. And, you know, it's a huge problem for the NBA. Yeah. It's not something that anybody acknowledges because it falls into da da da, whatever realm of conspiracy theory. But guess what? A lot of people believe in conspiracy theories. That's a, a lot of the reason why we are where we are as a country today. But, I mean, there's actual. I think smoke behind this one. When you look at the stuff that Tim Donaghy was saying, oh, when yeah. there's certain games like the 2001 uh, Western Conference Finals, I believe it was, there was Kings. a Lakers Kings, and yeah. there was also a Trailblazers Lakers, and one of which uh, Donaghy worked. But if you talk to a lot, and you also have Mark Cuban, an owner in the league, uh, on, on, after that infamous game where Dwayne Wade was shooting every free throw. I mean, I had never seen a game like that. I don't know if you remember. It was the first year Shaq was traded uh, to the Miami Heat. Dwayne Wade shot so, some record a number of free throws, right? And uh, you just remember seeing it, and it didn't even feel like basketball as much as it felt like pro wrestling, you know? And a lot of people have that same kind of feeling with the NBA. My dad, for one, does not trust it at all. A lot of people don't. A lot at all. So, so I'm, I'm confused. So, so let me here connect. Sorry. I think if you have where coaches can challenge bad calls, it it holds the referees responsible toward an objective medium of truth. It also sure. eliminates um, these kinds of plays at the end where it can be huge type of swings um, based on a call or two. And uh, just going back to Donaghy, one of the ways that the NBA would influence games through officials, uh, according to Tim Donaghy, was not um, was not it was in a much more subtle, subversive type of way. So they'd take the second most important guy on the team and they'd get him in foul trouble early, or they're big and they get him in foul trouble early. Hmm. You know what I mean? And they take away that aspect of the of that team yeah. in a way to try to influence the rest of the game. So I think. 
if anything, you have to expand this to one, to two or three, uh, maybe two per half or something. Where it's a That's quick, a lot. But it's, it can be. It doesn't have to be the NBA officials there. It can be the officials in Secaucus or whatever. It still takes you know a mean? while. But my question is, like, yeah. most of the cha- I think I think you can do it very quickly. I think with the te- kind of technology we have these days, it won't be prohibitive of the game at all. You'll get a better product, and I think in the end, more people well, to watch. It depends on when we can use it because the challengeable plays now they're mostly they would go under instant replay and they review it. So when is that this is challenge right. going to occur? I think on 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 calls. But there's certain calls you can't review instant replay. Maybe you can challenge those now. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see. We can come back to this. Let's see how it works in um in the summer league and see if it's actually going to be in practice. Like if someone travels, season. like Kevin Durant, fucking taking twenty steps, yeah, can you go yeah. back and challenge that? I I don't think so. I think it's got to be kind of like a dead ball type of foul situation. Well, you know, so yeah. you're getting called for a foul. Is that a foul or not? Yeah. Right, I wonder if you could call it on like a shot, you know, a free throw shot. Like let's say Clay, it, he's down by three, he gets hammered at the three point line. Refs don't call it. Can you can you challenge that? So let's let's go back and we'll see how it works. But it's an interesting point because if you look at soccer, soccer has the same problem. And that penalty kick that we played from the beginning came directly from uh, them reviewing uh, the previous play. You know, so yeah. I don't know if you watched the game, but there was slight contact between the American defender oh, okay. and uh, and the English striker, and they didn't call it, and they went back and reviewed it, so it's out of the pace of play. But uh, that being said, I find that to be very interesting, and I'm all fucking for that. That being said, we are at our holy shit NBA free agency <laughs> roundup uh, because the time was moved at six. It was crazier than ever. They should really move it to noon next year and uh, try to milk some coverage out of it. But uh, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through our five most important, not necessarily best free agent signings um, and, and talk a little bit how they're going to how we view them impacting the NBA season going forward. Uh, so what was your what was your number one most impactful uh, free agency signing, Aaron Weaver. I'm so fucking excited. Oh man, this was this was better to me than any day of sports. By the way, this was like, amazing. I get so giddily excited. I know. About it. We have it's no ridiculous. idea the repercussions yet. Like we yeah. have no idea what just happened. Better than the Nuclear Super Bowl. Bomb. Better than fucking. You know. Oh, way better than the Super Bowl. Better I cried Bowl. like four times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh. So obviously, number one is uh, Derrick Rose to the Pistons. <laughs> what a steal, baby! What a steal by Two the Pistons! Years, making mil. a move, yo. Oh. People joke about my boy D Rose. That's my Stephen A. impression. People joke the New York <laughs> Knicks, um, but uh, you know D Rose had a fifty-point game last year. I know he had a 50. He scored eighteen a game. He shot I, like fifty percent. I love that he shot fifty percent. Yeah, almost. Yeah, forty-eight. I think. Dude, I love I love D Rose. Let's be on the D Rose. Let's get D Rose back to relevancy train. But I yeah. don't think in Detroit is where you're gonna do it. You know what I mean? Uh two years, baby. Yeah. Oh, are you just saying that because you're a Detroit fan? No. What I, I wanted here was an objective motherfucking <laughs> list, Aaron Weaver. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. Now, I'll tell you my number one. Okay. With your jokes, uh, it's somebody who hasn't signed yet, and it's Kawhi. You know what I mean? It's Kawhi. Yeah. And, and the reason Kawhi is so important to me is because he's going to decide whether we have parity or not in the NBA, right? Yeah. If he goes to the Los Angeles Lakers, I mean, there's just like a dread that comes over me. It's like the same type of dread that I feel at the prospect of a second Trump term. You know what I mean? Just like a shroud. Yeah. You know, it's like if he goes to the Lakers, it's just like the league is fucked for four or five more years. It's that superstar bullshit. Why are you helping LeBron James? 
Why are you helping him? Make that motherfucker do it himself. He's getting old, man. Why are you helping him? You're just going to be in his fucking daddy shadows fucking coattails. You know why, man? He got you know tired. He got tired holding a team up by himself. Do you want to be LeBron's Putin or LeBron's Trump and he's Putin? Is that what you want to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. You will be in his shadow if you go there. He's right? going to be in two shadows. In two fucking shadows. Yeah. And one of those has a unibrow. You know what I mean? That's a bigger shadow. That right? is a much bigger shadow. That's darker. Yeah. yeah. And I ain't talking about the girl from Hey Arnold either. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but here's what I mean. If he goes there, then parody is dead. And I think, I think that really sucks for the NBA. You know? The reason the NFL is so popular in this world or in this, in this country is because every franchise can win on any given year. You know, whether it's a small market like the Carolina Panthers or the Indianapolis Colts or whether it's a big market like the motherfucking New York Giants or the Dallas Cowboys, each team has a chance to win. And their chance to win is based on the acuity and abilities of their front office to build uh, not only a roster full of of talented people, not only uh, to draft, you have to hit in your draft, but also the correct amount of staffing. And when we have these kind of free agency bukkakis, gangbangs that go to one team, it completely eliminates, uh, one, the amount of skill it takes as an organization to acquire that talent. The Lakers are absolute shit. There's as much of a mess as an organization as the New York Knicks. Almost. Almost as much of a mess. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Almost as much of a mess. So there's, they shouldn't be rewarded for their incompetence with the three best players, arguably, in the fucking NBA. It's just a reflection of reality, though. But but It's the rich dudes winning but, again. But again, the NFL, the reason it's popular is because it's based off the skill of front office, number two, and any market can win. So every market feels engaged, not only, uh, uh, not only in terms of TV, uh, uh, in attendance as well in terms of showing up to the games and also in engaging on TV with the rest of the league. You know, if you think about it, when your team is good, when you know they have a chance to win, you watch that sport more than you would otherwise. You watch your team more. You watch your team more. You watch other but, teams more. You watch your rival teams more. You watch. The, it makes the league healthier, this, which is why the NFL kills the NBA on ratings. This, this route, though, I think it gets me to watch the other teams more. Like, I don't give a shit about my team as yeah. much, the Detroit Pistons, because they suck. Right. But uh, it makes me want to watch anyone who's playing the Warriors more. Like, the villain, the super villain draws ratings, too. Right. But think I about think, the Taliban. Think, that was sure, huge. Sure, sure, sure. So, so I think that's a very short-term gain that you get there as, a, as opposed to the holistic whole. And I'll explain to you what I mean. So there's that argument that super teams are good for ratings, that if Kawhi goes to the Lakers, they're going to get massive ratings. KD on the Warriors got massive ratings. And yeah. that is true. That is true. Those teams will get massive ratings. But the rest of the league will suffer. Nobody wants to watch Detroit Pistons versus Charlotte Hornets because those teams don't have a goddamn chance. Yeah, but you know nobody wants mean? to watch Detroit Lions versus uh, New York Jets, you know? Yeah, but they will want to watch Indianapolis Colts versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh, those are two different teams. Right. <laughs> that aren't shitty. Right, but they're small market teams that can be good. Same small with market Milwaukee teams, Bucks. Small market teams. Houston that, Rockets. Sure, small, Houston, Houston is not a small market. Small market teams that have a chance. But here's my point. When you have every, every single franchise is in play for the NFL to win, 
That's just yeah. simply not the case in the NBA. If you I have, mean, I every, would argue that's not the case have, in the NFL. If you have every single, uh, if you have every single market in the NFL, or if you have every single market NBA in play, the league as a whole is healthier. People are watching more of the small market teams, and it'll lead to bigger ratings, which is one of the reasons the NFL is such a, a ratings bonanza. The 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 an NFL preseason game will get better ratings than an NBA Finals game. And to me, that's one of the reasons why, because every market is in play. Whereas the NBA, uh, uh, the NBA, if you look, you, all you have to do is look at who wins in the NBA. It's big market, big market, big market, big market. One in every seven years, one in every five years, you'll get a small market team. You know what I mean? But, and you look at the NFL, it'll be, it'll be a whole mix. You couldn't even predict it. Now you're saying, what about Giannis? In Milwaukee. But this is precisely my point. Giannis in Milwaukee proves my point. Giannis in Milwaukee is probably going to be Giannis in L.A. in a year. Oh, you think so? Yeah. No. So the NBA, these small market teams, much like soccer, uh, serve as feeder systems for these big market teams. Whereas the NFL, if you have your players and you want them to be retained on your team, that's going to happen in your small market, regardless of market. Okay, so I hear you on your uh, yeah. your theory Well, I'm here. right. It's your, not a theory. Your theory I'm right. here about I'm right and you're wrong. the market size of teams I'm right and, you're wrong. and parity in the league, but right. are you sure it's not just a question of violence? Maybe if we loosen the rules a little bit, right. let people get in fights in the <laughs> NBA, maybe... Yeah. No, I, I disagree. Change. I disagree because actually, there's I think, also race distribution. More white people like the NFL because there's more white people in sure. it. Racist white dudes, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. There's that. There's. A, I think. I think. I think the NBA actually has a better product than the NFL. It's much more. I do too. It's much I think more it's TV ready. Um, it's it's much better package, and that's also reflected in the Q ratings. Fewer games. That's except for Peyton Manning. He's the only one that was on an NBA level of popularity. The, the, the top 20 NBA players have a higher Q rating, which is a measure of celebrity uh, acknowledgement. Um, you know, they use that to uh, determine endorsement money and stuff like that. The, uh, the highest 20 NBA players are higher than the NFL players. You For know sure. what I mean? It's a much more personal product. The product is better. But I think what I'm saying is in 100% of the pie in terms of why the NFL is bigger, but I think it's a big component and I think it's a larger part than people realize. And also, when you watch the NFL, it's a fair product. You know, I think not only because of replays, I think the NFL has the best refing, uh, despite what happened with the Saints, the best refing in all in all of the in, in all the world when it comes yeah, to sports. But you're also yeah. splitting uh, NBA Finals into seven games versus one game for the Super Bowl. Yeah, like, sure. that's a factor. Definitely. You know, definitely. You add up all the games in the NBA definitely. Finals. Definitely. It's probably the same. I also think um, one reason that the NFL kills them also is all the games are on Sunday. You know, so you have to right, go to the NFL. Right. I think that's brilliant. That is very I, I smart. mean, no one actually thinks about that, but that's so brilliant. It's yeah. on a weekend. All the games are on one time. Yeah. You know where they're going to be, and they're it's all going ritual. on at once, and you go there, it's and, it's like, and it's like everything is happening all at once. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's rather than, oh, it's the game on Tuesday at 7, or the Bucks playing the Raptors Thursday at nine. It's just right. Sunday. You know you're going to be there. That's you know? smart. It is smart, and also when every team has a chance to win, it's but, also yeah, smart. NBA is still better. Yeah, but, but uh, so so my number one important is uh, important free agency signing is going to be where Kawhi goes. If he goes to the Lakers, I think you're going to see another depression around the league. You know, uh, the NBA diehards will still be there, but. If he goes to Toronto Raptors, you are going to see the most special NBA season, I think, since Jordan's last year. 
the quality of level of basketball right now. And then there's going to be 10 or 12 teams that have a legit chance of winning, depending on how the season shakes out next year. Oh, my God. It would be a basketball fan's fucking dream, you know. So no, Kawhi is my number one for that fucking reason. Yeah. I mean, on paper, that's a ridiculous team, the Lakers with Kawhi. But yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. If they met Philly in the finals, I don't know. Dude, no, no. If, if, if it's Kawhi, it's Kawhi LeBron, run, there's AD, no chance. It's Jared over. Dudley, fucking that's Troy better, Daniels. That's better than the Warriors super team, perhaps. Uh, no, the Warriors had a system, though. They had the system and the players. Right. Uh, Lakers got Frank Vogel. And three Bro, superstars. Don't don't sleep on Frank Vogel. I know. Frank I know he doesn't suck. Coach. I know he doesn't suck. But I mean, I'm he just took, saying. He, he is. He took that Miami Heat team to seven games. I think twice with our Pacer team. Yeah. I, I thought. I thought Frank Vogel was actually unnecessarily fired. And if he can stay out of the drama in L.A. and be allowed to coach, yeah, there's so much drama in L.A. I want to give you some inside baseball right now. So right now, everyone's coming out saying the Lakers have a legit shot, which I totally fucking believe uh, that the Lakers have a legit shot. Uh, at taking probably a, a bigger one than they wanted to before. Um, but there's a lot of politicking here, okay? I think Kawhi should stay away from L.A. because of the drama, you know? But Kawhi isn't necessarily drama-averse himself. So let's look at this meeting that Kawhi took uh, with the Lakers. He says, he says I don't want to meet Rob Palenka. <laughs> he says, I just want to meet Magic and Genie. You know what I mean? Separately. No, no, together. Magic and Genie. Separate. I think he met with like three different people separately. But that okay, so do you see what that means right there? What the fuck is Magic doing involved in this process again? Are you kidding? Magic is like the the abusive ex who just won't <laughs> fucking go away. You know what yeah. I'm saying? As I drink my diet Pepsi like abusive exes do. Nah, he wanted to see if their stories were consistent. He's like detective. So Kawhi's like a detective, like yeah. splitting up the drug gang. Oh, tell me the story. And my uncle Dennis, man, Sherlock Holmes and Batman. Yeah, yeah. But but I also think this is a this is a uh, this is a power play by Magic too. Oh yeah, he's getting some power back with this. Because move. if if he can use Kawhi and Kawhi signs with the Lakers mm-hmm. and Magic is the conduit through which it happened. Oh, he's gonna gloat about that shit. Not only is he gonna gloat about it, Kawhi's only gonna deal with him. He'll immediately have a foothold in the situation. And like and like, remember for two years when Medvedev was president of Russia, where where of where where Putin wasn't president. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We're due to their. I'm doing finger quotes. Constitution. Yeah, you, you I'm could only serve three terms. Yeah. So, like uh, at the beginning of Obama's term, there was another Russian president named Medvedev. Okay. But that's essentially like uh, what's going to happen to uh, to Rob Lincoln. He'll be a fucking puppet figure. He's already a puppet Lakers. figure. You know, it's Rambus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rambus behind all this. <laughs> yeah, not even Kurt Rambus, <laughs> but like Mrs. Kurt Rambus. Mrs. Kurt Rambus. Yeah, that's and, and, and really whichever deep. astrologer Jeannie Buss is going to now. <laughs> but so Magic's trying to get into the back into the organization. Kawhi goes to them and he says, yeah, I want to continue my load management just as I did in Toronto. You're so dumb if you you believe that. that 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 First of all, they don't even have an analytics organization. Do you think they're going to have a sports science division, you know, like a like a state-of-the-art franchise like Toronto has? And also Kawhi wants apparently he wants to know that the Lakers really really want him. Really? Yeah. Where'd yeah. you hear this? Right here. Kawhi from Yahoo. Kawhi reportedly testing how badly Lakers want him. Wow. You know, if the Kawhi ends up with Los Angeles Lakers, uh, it's going to be because they want him badly enough. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? You know what I'm saying? Uh, 
So uh, there's that, but that's really funny to me because if you remember, uh, the Lakers, uh, or when Kawhi wanted to be traded, and this is this is also another big reason to me that he's probably in my mind sixty forty in L.A. right now is he re- requested from San Antonio to go to uh, the Los Angeles he Lakers. He did, and the Lakers were his favorite team. Kobe Lakers, is his favorite Lakers, player. Well, I, well. Are you sure about that? Because I've heard conflicting reports about that. I've heard that Uncle Dennis, who's the one who influenced uh, Kawhi out of San Antonio, very influential in Kawhi's life, motherfucking Uncle Dennis. Motherfucking Uncle Dennis. Uh, he, I heard uh, Uncle Dennis grew up as a Lakers fan, and Kawhi was not necessarily a Lakers fan growing up. Well, yeah, I can see Kawhi not being a fan of anything. In particular, <laughs> except apples. I don't know. <laughs> remember the apple story. Right. Um. um right. So... And the and at that time the Lakers the Spurs I think had asked for four first round picks, and the Lakers refused to give four first round picks for Kawhi. So Kawhi, you if you were listening, listen, Anthony Davis they traded four four first round picks for Anthony Davis. Yeah, they already drafted. They should trade five. They didn't trade four first round picks for you, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I'm you, please, Kawhi, please, please, please don't go to L.A. Let the league be fun next year. Just yeah. let it be fun like it was in the 90s. You know what I mean? I know, man. All right. So that's my uh, that's my most important right there. So we'll see what happens with Uncle Dennis. But I think there's hope that Kawhi is, is in L.A. right now. Or I think in, there's in Toronto hope. Right I now. think there's hope even if he goes there. I mean, the second most important yeah, yeah. Or the also, most also, last just coming in, Bing, Bing, Bing. Drake is organizing a last-minute recruiting effort uh-huh. for to get Kawhi. So fucking do something, Drake, please. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, the the most important actual signing yes. got to be Katie and Kyrie, right? And they got a shot once Kevin Durant comes back. They have a great team. I disagree with you. Surrounding them. That is also my number two signing, but for reasons of being most important. I think. I think actually. Oh, go ahead. You tell me why first. Well, the the team that they already have there is good, and they didn't really lose anyone. So what's the five? They got uh, Kyrie, uh, what's his name, uh, Karis LeVert. Joe Who's H- good. If you don't know Karis LeVert, Karis LeVert uh, probably would have been an all-star last year if he didn't get hurt, and he was considered to be better than D'Angelo. Yeah, he's he on down. the rise. Yeah, his, he could be a max player. He, dude, soon. he benefited the most from LeVert's uh, D'Angelo benefited the most from Levert's injury. For he sure. wasn't going to be an all star. He was scoring PPG. He wasn't was going to be benched. that high. He was getting benched. He got so much. You know how like Jay Z benefited the most of Biggie and Tupac getting shot. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is one of my dude. That is one of my tried and true Sean Joshi theories. We don't have time here to do the music, but that if Biggie and Tupac would have lived, Jay Z would have been like an also ran rapper. You know what I mean? He he wouldn't even be like I, I shouldn't say even because Nas is a legend, but he wouldn't be where Nas is. Right now, right, because Nas has that respect of like being, you know, right. Illmatic and all that shit. I think Jay Z would be an also ran if Biggie and Tupac were still around. Well, I can see that. You know I what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I bet right. Ja Rule takes over. Yeah, I love over him. <laughs> <laughs> that single they had. He was hot. Ja Rule's the one, dude. Ja Rule was hotter for oh, yeah. a little bit there, man. Memphis Bleak. Yeah, and and, and remember how many like uh, Biggie lines Jay Z just rips off now? You know what I mean? And they just be like, it's an homage. It's an homage. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm just gonna start doing that with with Richard Pryor lines, <laughs> just being like, "It's an homage, bro. Yeah. It's an homage." But um, but yeah. So 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 what? Start again with the five. So we got we got Kyrie, Kyrie, uh, Lavert, Lavert, Durant, Durant. Uh, I know you got uh, DeAndre or Jared Allen. Jared Allen and DeAndre. I think they should start Jared Allen. 
But I think they'll move Jared oh, Allen and, and, to the four, maybe. No, Durant's going to play four, and Joe Harris is going to play Oh, they're going to play three. Joe, Joe Harris, Harris is like a little Clay Thompson, man. Okay, yeah, He's yeah. No, I'm, I'm nice. I think Joe Harris fits into that um, that Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, and that who's that? Joe Ingles, Joe Harris, all those guys. He's a better shooter than all of them. They're great players. I don't know, dude. Bogey. Dude, he was like 47% from three this year. Oh, was he really? Yeah. And they got Dinwiddie off the bench. Because Bogey shot 45% on catch and shoot off, off the three, which was ridiculous. Joe Harris shot 47 overall. overall. Yeah, okay. Joe Harris. He's very good. Dinwiddie off the bench. Dinwiddie off the bench. They got a couple. Oh, Torian Prince. Tor- I love Torian Prince. Torian Prince, to me, is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. He might start. Joe Harris and Dinwiddie off the bench? Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of here. I, I think you start Joe Harris. You know, around those guys, you need spacing, especially yeah. if DeAndre's Tariq playing. can shoot, though. Yeah, but dude, DeAndre's washed. What is this idea? I don't that know that DeAndre man. Jordan can play. He could in his prime when he was playing the Warriors. He couldn't even stay on the floor. He they needs had to, to take stay him out on the bench. He needs yeah. to be on the bench. Jared, uh, Jared Allen is a far better player, far better, and much more versatile in today's NBA. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. just buddy shit. That's a, that's a, that's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a good squad. But I think I think for one, Kyrie is one of those guys. He's a star. He's not a superstar. He doesn't impact his teammates in a positive way. He's got the greatest handles I've ever seen. Uh, but I think, I think you know, uh, where he is in his career right now, even when he's matched with a guy like KD, I don't think that's enough uh, to win in the NBA today. I, I bet I, they get someone else, though, too. If they get somebody Maybe else. Maybe not a max player, but. If they get somebody else, then we can talk. But I think even if, even if KD is there at kind of full strength, or let's say 98, 95% of full strength, you've essentially just swapped Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving. You know, no, and I think, I think they're going to have the I think almost. they're going to have the same type of problems there. Yeah. They might, but man, could you imagine Brooklyn versus LA in the finals? That's a fucking That's an exciting. We'll see. I just I, can Kyrie can can Kevin Durant carry a team that's not a 73 win team <laughs> there's my question to you right you know he's know. never he hasn't proved it in the playoffs See, brooklyn could implode fully they could have a yeah meltdown. i'm saying i don't think that's a lock like if Ka- Ka- Kawhi joining the lakers you know actually yeah. that makes me that makes me excited when i saw when i saw kevin durant was signing with brooklyn you would think as a pacers fan i'd be like oh shit you know what i mean this is gonna yeah. suck but instead i was ecstatic because if KD would have went back to the Warriors, like I thought he was going to, and like I thought he should, in one year, dude, they'd be the same fucking rolling, oh, winning the next three chips. Well, that would be interesting, that team versus yeah. Kawhi. I think him to Brooklyn and Kawhi to the Toronto would be my most favorite NBA since Reggie Miller retired. Or Kawhi to the Clippers. I would watch in rapture every night at league pass I, i'd be like howard hughes at the end of the aviator just like my fingernails growing huge you know just yeah. like lesions well, all over my face bigger they're yeah 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 they're pretty bad yeah they're, they're i've clipped good i'm pretty good right now <laughs> um but yeah so so we'll see so where would you rank where would you rank uh where do you rank the Kyrie nets next year and where do you rank them on durant's return like is that a top four is that a is Kyrie nets a top four seed next year in the east yeah so, oh, so we got Philly. Let's assume Kawhi leaves. So. No, 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 no. I think uh, let's assume Kawhi stays. All right, assume he stays. Yeah. So Philly, Toronto, Milwaukee. Yeah, I think they're four. No, I think they're six or seven seed. Who's a ab- who's above them? Um, Boston. Who? By the way, that's my. I, th- I think third. I think I think Boston is above them. I think the Pacers are better than them. No, um, dude, you have been so off on the Pacers at every call. You said, "Wait, what do you still? You, you still, still owe me, right? Yeah, because Vic, Victor Oladipo got injured. They won forty-eight games without him. 
Uh, they were on Dude, pace. The Pacers are good. They were on pace to win, to be the three seed last year. I like the moves they made. They were on pace to be the three seed last year, and they've gotten better since last year. You're just sleeping on them because they're not sexy and you don't watch them. But uh, to think that the Kyrie Nets will be better than the Pacers, I think it's fucking foolish, actually. I'm putting on fucking foolish. I don't think you understand what the Nets did without Kyrie. What's that? They uh, made the playoffs, and that was without Karis LeVert yeah. for the most part. They yeah, got Karis. Kyrie is a cancer like I think Boston and Kemba is better. I'm not I trying to defend Kyrie. I think Kyrie is is doesn't have a great impact on on the game, and uh, I think he has a terrible impact on the locker room. And I think they're going to be around the same record or marginally worse than they were last year. I think the Indiana Pacers are good, but I think their time their clock is ticking. Honestly, okay. See, this is because you don't watch the Pacers. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. You don't don't watch the Pacers. They just went from average age 27 to 24.5. The oldest player on their team is now 27, and all the moves that they made was to get on the same time frame. So clearly, Aaron Weaver, boosticated. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about when it comes to the Pacers. We'll see. But let's move on. Uh, So we both had the number two signing. We will see. Um, Number three. Who was your number three signing? Number three, Kemba. Kemba, that's interesting. This is where we first diverge. Kemba. Kemba. Why Kemba? Keeping the Celtics relevant. Yeah. Keeping like a third, fourth seed there like to, to keep the other teams in point on oh. check. Okay, so t- tell me why. We have another serious disagreement here when it comes to the Boston Celtics. Go okay. Uh, well, you know, Boston could have really imploded, man. Like they could have really fallen. It apart. could have been worse if they were depending it could have been fully better. on. It could have been Tatum, worse. It could have been better if they were depending fully on Tatum <laughs> and Jalen Brown to carry them. Yeah, like it could have gotten ugly. I don't think they could have handled that pressure. Kemba, Kemba's good. If they can figure out a way to get a center that doesn't suck. Uh, Kemba, from all accounts, Kemba's one of those Boy Scouts in the locker room. One of those work hard type of guys. That's yeah. a good influence. And uh, Kyrie is anything but Kyrie. Let me tell you right now. Inside sources, right here. Kyrie sniffs like the Yayo, the Yayo powder repeatedly. All you have to do is like he's a big fucking cokehead. He does Kyrie. Like, Kyrie. He does all of the fucking drugs. He's partying. Just look at his Instagram and listen to Brian Windhorse. When Windhorse is talking about Kyrie, specifically about, uh, do you want a character guy? Uh, his Instagram is very suspect. He is saying without being able to say it. He's saying everything he can say within the confines of ESPN, telling you this guy is like a mini Sean Kemp, <laughs> basically, yeah. in the way he's partying out there. Um, and I think, honestly, when the Celtics say like uh, they were fine moving on with him with Kemba, they absolutely should be. Uh, I think he fits better in a basketball mindset. I think mindset he fits better. Too. I think Brad Stevens is going to get better with him. Yeah. You know? Ky- Kyrie, easier to coach. Kyrie was the first guy who didn't like being coached by Brad Stevens. Yeah. Like, I think that says a lot more about Kyrie than I know, Brad Stevens. I know, but if Kyrie's somehow happy in Brooklyn, it could be pretty dangerous. We'll see. I, I just, I think, I think you know, it's great that he has KD. Kyrie works with LeBron because LeBron is such an elemental force that he right. kind of forces cooperation. But you see, even, even that broke down eventually. And, you know, Kevin Durant is a little bit of a bitch, and he's a sensitive guy, and he doesn't get along well with others always. He was very sensitive. Uh, apparently, he viewed himself as being second fiddle to Steph. Oh, yeah, no shit. And he didn't like that towards the end. And him and Steph were never really close. And KD also didn't get along always with Russell Westbrook on the court. 
what makes you think he's going to get around around with a total fucking basket case like <laughs> like because they're Kyrie. both basket cases they're both the same crazy yeah, and that always works it could go it could implode that's what yeah. i'm saying it's that either going to be amazing you know you're two crazy friends that always works when they get together you know what i mean right um yeah so we'll see oh the other point i love this uh so steph curry was in china uh, when yeah. he heard about kd uh and that whole thing so he flew to new york uh to convince uh i thought to, he flew to china no no he was in china and he got on a plane coming back from china to new york to manhattan to beat kevin durant to have a one last ditch effort at convincing wow. kevin durant not to join the team but midway through the flight steph uh finds out it's a done deal <laughs> right but this is the kind of classy guy steph is and i think it actually speaks well to the warriors organization despite kind of you know the hard knocks they've been going through recently uh he continued on that flight and he landed and instead of trying well, to recruit you can't turn a plane around. instead of oh he can turn a plane around instead of that. recruiting um kd he stopped and he thanked him for being his teammate. He wanted to have one final moment as a teammate with him. And also the Warriors are, which I love. I love hockey. Sports are great for that because we don't have earnestness anymore. We're such cynical people. You know what I mean? Uh, so I love little moments like that. And uh, and uh, so the Warriors retired his number, which a lot of people think is dumb. Kevin Durant's number. He was only there for uh, for three years or whatever. But I actually think that's smart. And I think what that is is they're leaving the door open to his return. Um. Ah, maybe. I think it's done. We'll see. You never. You never know with this league. He just signed a four-year contract. I mean, he's going to be thirty-six or something sure. like when he's coming back. Sure. Like, sure. Come back. We'll see. Who knows? Sign maybe you want a minimum deal. You. you all you're doing dirt. is you're you're leaving the door open. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying who knows how stuff works out in Brooklyn. Couple years, a little this, the door could be open still. Um. Yeah, but that was a very interesting point to me. Um, but where were we? So Boston. So why do you think do you think Boston is a better team than they were last year? Man, the Al Horford loss is bigger to me than the right. Kyrie loss. So do you think I think the Kyrie, if you talk to Boston fans like Saratella will tell you every every Boston fan wanted Kyrie gone. But do you think I think if you would have told them at the beginning of the summer that they would have Kemba instead of Kyrie, they would be ecstatic. Yeah. But do I you think, so. think do you think you put the Celtics above my Pacers? Do you think that, which they barely won that seed this year uh, without a healthy Oladipo? It was yeah. like a half a game. Do you think that this team is better than last year's Celtics? And I think I've caught you in your own logical fallacy here, but go ahead. I don't know about that. Um, would they win like 54 <laughs> games? Something like that? No, like 49 or no, 50 the, games. No, the Celtics, yeah. they, they won like 54. No. Um, no, they did not. I don't know if I don't think they'll be better yet, but I think in a year they'll be better once they fill in the gaps. Once they get a center that can play defense, they won forty nine games last year. They were forty nine and thirty three. The Pacers were forty eight and thirty four without Oladipo. The Sixers were fifty one and thirty one. The Pacers would have easily been the three seed in the East if Victor Oladipo did not go down. I don't um, know. Victor wasn't playing great, so. dude. We were we were the three seed when he got hurt, uh, winning that race. So you don't think we would have won three more games with Victor Oladipo there? You might not have. Dude, you are high on crack juice. I think his juice. schedule got way harder. You are high on crack juice, my friend. Which Anyways. Is a new, which is a new invention crack of juice. crack and oh, prison hooch. It's crack juice. Okay. Um, no, I think they're a much worse team than last year. You don't just lose a piece like uh, 
like Al Horford. Al Horford they lost was, Horford. They Horford lost was Rozier. They Horford lost Marcus was, Morris. All those it's players were their players that kind of transcended what was going on last year because they were the mm-hmm. pros. The young guys didn't play well last year for whatever reason. Uh, Gordon Hayward didn't play last year for whatever reason. Um, Al Horford not only uh, was the heart and soul of that team, a lot of the times he initiated the offense too. He, he was a lot of times in a point forward role. Yeah. I think you look at that team and the pieces they have left and the parts that are there and they don't fit together. You know, uh, Brad Stevens is a great coach. Uh, they have no center. Enos Cantor, Enos the penis. Uh, you know, if I love what he does for the Turkish people but uh, and Turkish independence, but he's an absolute uh, uh, turnstile on defense, perhaps the worst defensive center in the, in the league today. Um, and I think that team is a bit of a regression. I think they're a couple moves away, but uh, they're saddled by Hayward's big contract. And all you got to do is, is look at their five. I don't think they have a four. And I know in today's modern NBA, you can have a smaller yeah, four. Yeah, Gordon Hayward can be a four. Gordon Hayward is not a four. He, and he can play. There's, there's players. There's, you can shift most people to a four. Gordon Hayward cannot play the four in today's NBA. He doesn't have the defensive capability. He didn't when he was healthy. Uh and he doesn't uh, have he the doesn't defensive now. capability to play the three, so I think it's easier <laughs> to play the four. For a guy his size, uh, uh, he's a tall guy, but his frame, um, I think for him to play the, the four the is roster's, defensive suicide. The roster's so they're, worse. So their defensive, just to be clear, their defensive front court is Gordon Hayward and Enos Cantor. That is uh, disaster. That's rough. I do think all their wings are going to be better this year. That's like Gordon uh, Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They're all going to be better. I, I mean, is there an argument that Gordon Hayward's going to be better? Yeah, of course there is. It How? always takes a year after an injury like that. Or he could be more likely. Uh, I think I saw a stat like it's it's higher than fifty percent that those guys like that never come back. Or it could be you know a Grant Hill Penny situation. I remember watching that guy last year, and it's not exactly like he had the greatest athleticism to begin with. Right. You know, I think, but he was looking better. I he think, started to look better. He's scoring think, like thirty five and shit. I think uh, you know, I think uh, Boston is going to take a step back from. Uh, even their forty nine win total, I see that as a, a as a forty five win team, forty six win team. Um, Maybe I think the Sixers are going to take a step forward. Uh, I think the Raptors and Bucks, assuming they're saying, and I think the Pacers are going to take a step forward. They're a fifty plus team win team without injury. Um, okay, my third is uh, just under the heading of Utah Jazz, uh, specifically. Oh, okay. Uh, Boyan and Conley. Uh, I got to fucking sneeze. Um, I love what the Utah Jazz did. And this is what I'm talking about. If if Kawhi does not join the Los Angeles Lakers next year, Aaron Weaver, the league is wide fucking open. You know? And Who, and, who could win a championship? Well, here's, here's my point. There's about yeah. 10 teams, right? It, yeah, exactly. And and here's my deal with that, though. Uh, uh I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case in 2021. I think the Lakers are going to find a third guy, and there's going to be a superstar situation there. And I think it's going to be Giannis, okay? Oh. Yeah. But uh, So I think the Lakers are going to find their super team. They're going to run the league for three, four years until LeBron – uh, inevitably breaks down a little bit. The Cleveland Cavs draft Bronny, and then he, he finishes his career in Cleveland. But next year, the league is wide open, you know? And I think the Utah Jazz 
are one of those smart teams. They saw what the fuck the Raptors did last year, what Ujiri did, and they swung, and they're putting all their uh, chips in the middle of the table, and they're going for one. And I love their fucking five. I fucking love their five, and uh, I love their squad. I love Quinn Snyder. I love what they're doing as an organization. And to me right now, without looking at it, with just off the seat of my fucking pants because I'm going to say it. I think Utah is one of the top three teams to win the title next year, assuming Kawhi goes back to the Raptors. Uh, I love Boyan on that team. I love Conley on that team paired with Donovan Mitchell on the backcourt. I think it's beautiful. It's, it's looking good. It's beautiful. They made a lot of good moves, but they're, they're still lacking in certain areas. Like I still don't think say? they're off. Like uh, They don't have a go-to score. I know Donovan Mitchell Dude, is playing that role, Donovan but Mitchell he's not is a naturally score. He's not that... He's so inconsistent. Disagree though. vehemently. So inconsistent. Yeah, because he had his second year with Ricky Rubio as his backcourt partner. Yeah, I know. He's gonna like Conley's gonna make it better, but playoff time. Conley's playoff gonna make time, it way better. Getting locked down by Kawhi. He's no. not over. He had his that. wrong. He had his sophomore year. Players grow. Between years two and three is one of the biggest leaps oh, uh, that oh, they made. Oh, like uh, Tatum and Jalen Brown? Possibly. Perhaps. Possibly, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, that is the hope in Boston. Those guys have to be better. They do. They, they have to be, be better. But here's the, here, let me give you a little bit of a difference between what's going on in Boston and what's going on in Utah. Okay, so here's the five. And they have scoring all over this roster, by the way. They're scoring all over this roster um, with a great balance of defense. And here's how it goes. Conley, Mitchell. Great backcourt. Uh, Conley, lockdown defender. 18 points a game. Going to run the offense competently. Going to free up Donovan Mitchell to do his Donovan Mitchell thing. Okay. Much better than Rubio, who's the least modern point guard in the NBA. Shot worse than 32% threes last year. An absolute mess of a player in today's modern Got NBA. Got 50 million. Which is fucking ridiculous. Kings. Fucking ridiculous. I would oh rather have... We'll get to that. I would Their rather moves have Patrick, are so ridiculous. Patrick Beverly is... Oh, way better. Okay. They tried to get him. Yeah, so Conley, Mitchell, Ingles, Boyan at the four, Gobert at the five. Okay? Okay. Are you with me? Yeah. Boyan, Boyan can actually play the four... Um, on that team as opposed to Hayward uh, in Utah. One big reason is because you have Rudy Gobert as a backstop. That helps. You know, which helps a lot. There is shooting one through four on that roster, not only regular shooting, but elite shooting one through four on that roster with obviously Gobert in the dunker spot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That is a great five, especially uh, in terms of depth, scoring, defense, and uh I'd be hard-pressed to find another team in the West as currently constructed, assuming Kawhi doesn't go to the Lakers. That can match that. Good. Thoughts, uh, Aaron Weaver? Since we're not saying eye-to-eye about anything on this particular podcast. Well, I can't just agree with everything. <laughs> I can't agree with all I the obvious. I want total agreement. <laughs> I'm Stalin. With all the obvious takes you're taking, I can't agree with all of them. <laughs> I, have to, I have to play devil's advocate a little bit here. Uh, Do you think Utah is a title contender is an obvious take? Go ahead. Yeah, I think so. Go ahead. People have been saying that up and down. Go ahead. Uh, do you think Utah's taking out Houston or, yes. or Portland? Easy. I think I think Portland is. I think your those are your, the two favorites as as presently constructed, uh, is Utah and Portland. Go ahead. Oh, you think Portland with Whiteside? I think that was a dumb move. Yeah, what's that? Dumb move. I think, how'd they get better? They got Bays. I think they're worried about. Um, I think they're worried about. Uh, perhaps Nurkic coming back next year, which would be the only reason I could see for them doing that. Um, no, Aaron Weaver, let me explain to you something about oh, the oh. NBA. Okay, tell me. Uh, you know, I'll, because of what where the Warriors were and the super team, they kind of derailed classic NBA team building, and uh, and teams bailed from their cores, I think, a little too quickly. Um, it's great for 
teams and teammates to be in the same system year after year, especially when they're between the ages of 22 and 29. Uh, There can be a lot of improvement uh, both in their individual games and in the cohesion of uh, those individual games. And also on top of that, if those teams stay together, um, other teams fall away. So, right, who were the Warriors' biggest rivals? All of a sudden, Golden State's not as strong. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, Houston's not as strong. You know what I mean? Uh, Houston's All of a the sudden, same team. I don't think you can argue that Houston is the same team Chris that Paul's it was two years back. ago. And Chris Paul is taking a bigger step back year after year. And they're having a lot of internal and roster construction issues. But, you know, Portland is a well-balanced roster. They kept it back, ran it back year after year. And sometimes that's the right thing to do, even though it's unsexy. Outlast your opponents. The reason Floyd Mayweather did not fight... Manny Pacquiao, he he, uh, delayed it and delayed it and delayed it because he saw how Manny fought. He saw how many punches Manny would take. And he waited until he could beat Manny and when he took the fight. You know, if they would have fought initially, Manny would have wiped the floor with him. But my point in that is this, is the Golden State Warriors are kind of like Manny Pacquiao in this scenario, and and Portland Trailblazers are are a little bit like Floyd. They've outweighed they've outlasted, and now they're poised to be finally at the top of the conference, and they're going to be better iteration than they of Damian and CJ than they've ever been next year. You know? Yeah. They'll be so even more in the prime. So you Utah's better than them? I'm saying those are the two teams in the West that I would identify as right now I would be putting in the, in the Western Conference Finals is Portland oh, wow. versus Utah. Yeah. I would put Houston above Portland for sure. Sure. Yeah, I think maybe you're running a little bit on legacy uh, interpretations of the Houston. If Rockets they can get their shit together, if they can get, if they can agree on how to play, if James Harden moves around a little more, yeah, I think that they got it still. It does. The Warriors seem, are out of there. It does seem. Like, we forgot how good they are. But okay, but once again, we can't look at the Rockets in a vacuum. Uh, Chris Paul, we have to assume is like a. How should I put this? A 2013 BMW 750IL. You know, great car, fantastic car, but each year is a depreciating asset, hemorrhaging yeah. hemorrhaging worth on a terrible yeah. contract. No, the Chris Paul contract is fucking And brutal. he's the second best player on that team, which is why you saw them desperately uh, groping and grasping uh, in the dark to find the way to get Jimmy Butler on that squad. Um, That's sad. But it seems they should they should have had the same mindset as the Trailblazers to keep it back. But they were panicking at the beginning of this year. And Daryl Morey, their fantastic GM, I think, uh, kind of sense I sense a downward trajectory in Houston. I could yeah. see I could see them being the three seed. Sure. Yeah. After all those names on the trade block, that could be bad. Absolutely. It could be that Lakers. Absolutely. Midseason scenario. Absolutely. Uh, and let's not forget Houston also lost to the 2015 Warriors in six games. You know, it was essentially. Steph and Clay and Draymond, you know, right. So, which is still an amazing team. It's still a great team. But uh, one more point on this because we'll never probably talk about it again because the season will be over. A lot of people saying, "Oh, the Warriors need KD," but KD took up twenty-eight million dollars of that cap. That that team that you saw in the finals wasn't the same team as if KD wouldn't be on them because that twenty-eight million dollars would have been used to fill out the roster. So they would have had great players all around that roster. Uh, to kind of supplement like that team wasn't built around Steph and Katie and Draymond or Steph and Clay and Draymond. That team was right. built around KD. Right. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, um, so yeah, I had, I had Utah, 
Uh, I loved what they did with Connolly. And of course, it made me sad to see my dear, dear bogey go away. But I get what the Pacers are doing going younger. All right, number four. Who do you got? Uh, I put Chris Middleton. Interesting. Very I put, important. I put Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, this ah, is very interesting that we ah. both let. We have like very yin yang energy today. That's good. You know what I mean? That's good. As, trying uh, to balance your ass up. You get that? But uh, so that's interesting to me. Middleton signed for something four year, 178 the max. Uh, often yeah. considered to be the best. Five second, year. second, Five years. Second best player uh, on. The motherfucking Milwaukee Bucks. Why yeah, do you have? Why not, do you have? Why do you have Chris Middleton? Him and Brooke Lopez. It's, it's not like a sexy thing. Him, it's Brooke, just resigning. Him, Brooke Lopez. But you got to keep those guys. They also got resigned. Just to recap uh, for our dear listeners, George Hill as well, who was big for them. Yeah. And uh, they also uh, uh, they also signed one more person um, after they lost Brogdon. But go uh, ahead. West Matthews. West Matthews. That's yeah. right. Why? Why do you view that as as important? And for what reason? Well, Go no, ahead. I, people don't want to spend that much money on Chris Middleton. He's good, but he's not like max player. Right. They were forced to in the same way the right. Wizards were forced to match on uh, Otto, Otto Porter. Porter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're just, by re-signing him, they're giving them a better chance at keeping Giannis. And you can argue that losing Brogdon is right. you know, a big problem with right. that. But that's that's a lot of money to try to keep So you're that. saying that... You're saying that them signing, re-signing all those players shows a commitment to Giannis. Yeah, keep it, to to let's let's run it back next year and let's yeah. let's keep it going. Yeah, yeah, it shows that they're going to be a good team next right. year. Still, okay. This is we are so yin and yang today. You know <laughs> what I mean? We should like do group Pilates after this or something. Uh, acro yoga. We should do acro <laughs> yoga. Balance each other out. Yeah, bro. Um, I ha- I signed Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon for an entirely different reason and not for anything to do with the Pacers. Um, I think it's the exact opposite. I think letting Malcolm Brogdon go uh, shows to Giannis that you're not going to do everything that it takes. You know, because if they would have signed Giannis, they would have gone into the luxury tax this year and likely if, if they, they signed Brogdon, or if they signed Brogdon, they would have gone into luxury tax this year and uh, likely gone into the repeater tax, which is really expensive. It like doubles um, what the tax is um, next year, right? Yeah. So I get on the face why they didn't do that. But you have a generational talent and a roster like Giannis one time. One time. Okay. If you look at all of the teams that were in the conference finals in like the past five years, uh, I think 80 to 90% of them were in the top five or seven of spending in each one of those years. Okay. Yeah. Right. When you have a team like this and you're not willing to go into the luxury tax to bring back a full roster, because let's be clear, Malcolm Brogdon was the second best player for them in the playoffs last year. Mm, not throughout the whole playoffs. Throughout, I would say Malcolm Brogdon was the second best player for them no, throughout the playoffs. No, no. There were times in the Toronto series when he was the second best player. Right. Okay. Well, and he was important. He was in my important. in my obvious takes, I think most people would agree with me. I think most NBA observers would agree with me. I, I mean, that. Middleton who, was no Middleton. Middleton, Middleton was Rocket. nowhere. No, Middleton. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in terms of the playoff run last year, Middleton was nowhere to be seen. No, in you're that, thinking of Bledsoe. In that, uh, no, I'm thinking Middleton. Brogdon was the best player. He guarded Kawhi. Uh, he held Kawhi to some 36 percent shooting. Um, but, uh, anyways. Uh, I think he was the second best player um, in the playoffs for them. By not 
and rookie of the year two years ago. By not signing them, I think that signs a signal to Giannis that they're not going to do whatever it takes to win, that they're not willing to go into luxury tax to win. And I can name you seven or eight different organizations uh, that would, and all those teams are in big markets. I think Giannis is going to look at that next year, and uh, and uh, and he's going to jet. I don't think, unless they win the NBA title, which I don't see is happening next year, I think Giannis is not going to be on that team. You think he's leaving next year? I think he's. I mean, his contract is up after next year. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think he's gone. Mm. And I think I think when you have a situation like Brogdon, you do that to show, yo, we are super serious. We're super serial right now. We are so serial. Giannis, we are so we're going to the tax for you, baby. We're so serious. Let's do this. We're not even fucking around. You know? Is and he not restricted? only that, you give him Yeah, he was restricted. He's you, unrestricted, uh Giannis next Giannis year? is. You give him to the Pacers, their central division rivals. That's kinda and make them him. even better. You trade him. Yeah. yeah. And that's that was our weakest part. And now we have a guy who can defend three positions and, and shoot it at forty three percent. One of the only did you know he was a 50 40 90 yeah, player last I know. year? 50 40 90 above 50%. At a 50 above 50%. Low volume um, though. Above 50% shooting overall, above 40% from the three and above 90%. He shed, he led the league in uh free in throws. free throw percentage. Uh it's like only eight other people have done that and it's like Jordan, Larry Bird, Steve Nash, Dirk, Reggie Miller and like KD. KD and Steph, him and yeah. Steph. Nah, and Steph maybe Steph, Steph yeah. for sure. You're right, Steph yeah. for sure. And and Brogdon, so I don't know. I think I think Giannis is gone next year. And if I'm an owner in that situation, this is the only time you're going to be relevant in Milwaukee. You have to put every chip in the middle of the table. You know. Yeah, but they do have flexibility to make a move in the year. I don't think they're going to get. Uh, and it does it does have a little feel of the Harden thing. It Harden does. Go. It to- you're right. It you're right. It totally has a feel. But of the I don't. Thing. Obviously, Brogdon's st- ceiling is much lower than Harden's. Brogdon's ceiling is much lower than Harden's, but he defends three positions. He he's plays, solid. He's he a plays, solid player. He plays three positions. He's still young. He's going to average 18. He's going to average yeah. 18, six and six. Why this you year, would send him to the defending. Pacers is beyond me. Yeah, but that's my that's my four. I I think Milwaukee is going to be irrelevant two years from now. And what's your what's your five? I really struggled. With this fifth, yeah, one. you know, this is not my five. This is not my fifth. But yeah. uh, can I just say, like, the Jimmy Butler signing feels totally irrelevant to me because they're they're still bad. They might make the eighth seed, but like, that's a boring team, and I don't see them being that good for. So you had, they make you had move. Jimmy. You had Jimmy on your fifth. No, I didn't. I had Horford. But you you almost had Jimmy on your fifth. I struck. I almost <sighs> put Jimmy in my fifth too. It's. I feel but nothing for like, that team. It that sounds team. like it sounds like you're higher on the Sixers roster than I am. I. I mean, they have a all defensive capable players, but on. all their players are centers or power forwards. I know they're huge. They don't have any shooting. They have jo- everyone can shoot a little bit besides uh, everyone can shoot a little bit besides Simmons. But they're everyone not they're shoot. not natural shooters though. Like Horford has a long setup, Embiid has a long setup. Tobias Harris, is a good shooter. Harris is a good shooter. Yeah, and Josh Richardson. They'll probably start Richardson at the two, right? For sure. Yeah, he's an okay shooter, but I think there's there's two. <laughs> it's they're too big. You know what I mean? They're too big. They're too and all those guys kind of ah, operate the same space. But they could be like the perfect and then, type of big. And then know? Simmons they had down in the dunker spot on offense last year cuz he couldn't essentially play. Man, if Simmons improves this offseason though, this could be a championship team. But if he gets a, that's anything a big like a jump shot. If. I know, well, you know, I know, I know. I think that's much truer for Giannis. I think we saw the limitations in Giannis's Giannis game. Too. He needs a pull-up jumper 
and he needs like like a fadeaway. He needs go to shots in space that he doesn't have right now. Yeah. Not even necessarily a three. Like Kawhi will just go to the spots. Giannis doesn't have that. Uh, ben Simmons, I don't think will do it. Not I think this year. I think he has Maybe he has never. a pathological fear of shooting that goes much deeper than his physical abilities. And to me, it's that same thing I had with Dwight Howard. I remember watching Dwight Howard. He drafted eighteen. 19, 20, 21, 22. I said the same thing. Man, as soon as that guy gets a low post game, he has no offensive game. As soon as that guy gets a low post game, he's going to wreck the league. You know what yeah. I mean? He never got a low post game. You know? Yeah. So I don't think that you can just assume Simmons. Gonna, you can't. You yeah. can't. But if he, I'm just saying if he does. If, yeah, even if Butler, he doesn't. Butler was the primary ball handler. Even if he story. doesn't, that's yeah, a yeah. good team. That's a very good team. I don't think there's – I think – this is going to sound weird what I'm going to say. I think they're going to have a better record than they did last year, but I don't think they're going to be as good of a team. Yeah, that makes, I can see that. Without Butler, in the playoffs crunch time, who do you go to? Yeah, and the balance of that team isn't there. They don't balance out well offensively. Too many of their players occupy the same space offensively, which is what we'll see. The Pacers may have the same problem with Sabonis and Turner, but yeah. it, it's magnified by it's three guys. You know, they can all shoot, but but man... It's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting. They don't have a lot of agility between them either. I could see them beating the Jazz though, seven game series. Mm, I don't think so. I, they, I, I don't think they're gonna make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. To tell you the truth, uh, if Kawhi leaves, who's beating them? You're assuming we're having two different assumptions. I'm I'm assuming Kawhi stays. I'm assuming Kawhi is a done deal. To I, the think, Lakers. I think I uh, think I think uh, the Bucks and the Raptors will beat them, and I think depending on. Where Oladipo is, uh, a healthy Oladipo beats them too. Oladipo. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. We would have finished with a better record than them last year. Um, but here's here's my point. They, I just don't like that roster. I don't think the talent fits together. Um, but we'll see how it goes going forward. I, I actually have uh, – my one for this year was Jimmy for the same reasons I stated. I think I think Jimmy not on that team lowers their – Lowers their ceiling. Oh, for a, yeah. Yeah, and lowers their, I think Jimmy on this team, they may have been my favorite to win the league this year. Because they were yeah. they were the Kawhi miracle away from uh, going to Milwaukee. They would have been Milwaukee, and I think they would have been Golden State. And that's somebody who's low. But if they, they had the best five in the NBA, and uh, now their talent doesn't fit, and their best player, I think Jimmy was their best player in the playoffs last year, is, is gone, you know? Yeah, they're, they're a real question mark. They right. can go either so, way. So far, you agree with me, even though you stay. Uh, first, you said the Celtics were going to be good. Then uh, you agreed with me that their the roster isn't as good as last year. Then you said the 76ers are going to be good. Now you're agreeing that they're not as good as last year. Great. And the Pacers, Celtics are still going to be Pacers, good. That's what I said. And the Pacers are better than last year. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're crazy. Uh, my fifth is this isn't for this year. This is why I put Jimmy there. But uh, D'Angelo to the Warriors. Yeah. We got to talk about D'Angelo to the motherfucking it's Warriors. It's very interesting, kid. Now, very what's, interesting. what's very interesting about this is that right after he was traded, you saw, uh, I forget who it was, maybe it was Windhorse, come out and say that uh, the Warriors are actually looking at uh, at trading um, blah, 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 D'Angelo, which I found very interesting. You know? You know, I heard one trade scenario which would be kind of interesting what would it be uh because d'angelo wanted to go to uh minnesota right so they get robert covington maybe right. one other player that's pretty covington good. and wiggins uh wiggins that'd be tough i don't think wiggins anyone... would be no wiggins would be like like it'd be like <laughs> it'd be like their og team again except for wiggins is in the harrison barnes right spot. right which actually isn't that bad that's not bad you yeah. know 
Wiggins is a better player than I think. Even I don't like Wiggins. I hate players like Wiggins. I would never want. I call him Tony Hugo's after a, a player we drafted in the second round on the Colts who was who was supposed to be really good, uh, really good, and he got really sad and depressed and he never developed and it actually fucked our uh, our offensive line. But I don't like these sad players with like emotional issues who don't love the game. And they don't practice like they love the Stuff. game. Kwame Brown. Yeah. You got to practice like you love the game. And Andrew Wiggins doesn't do that. You know, I wouldn't want him on my team. But I think when you're a team like the Warriors or you have like a LeBron on your team. Well, he would probably he come forces off the bench. Those. Yeah, I think I, I, I hate motherfucking Andrew Wiggins, but I That's like him. I like him on the Warriors. That's a good bench player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd be great in lineups for them. Like, uh, yeah. So, so, so what else did you hear? Did you hear any other trade scenarios for D'Angelo? Like, where would he go? Oh, that's all I heard. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else. <laughs> you know, I naturally, I, I wouldn't want to trade him. I really like that team next year, you know? I don't know, man. That's another question mark. That's a pretty Dude, big question Dude, that to me, mark. it's like doubling down on the shooting. I think it would be the most fun team in NBA it history. It would be very fun Steph, Clay comes back. Steph, D'Angelo. I think Clay is such a good uh, defender, positional defender. I think he can play the three, no problem. He can, but he'll get lit up by people like Kawhi, like he did. did wasn't he guarding Kawhi, though? He did for uh, – Iguodala was the main defender, and he was Yeah, good. you're right. Iguodala's going to hurt them. But Kawhi is considered to be a very good, if not great, perimeter defender. Um, Clay. I think, Clay. No. Clay is, right? Oh, Clay. What did I say? Kawhi. Oh, I said, well, Kawhi is yeah, the well, best. Okay. But, yeah, Clay is considered to be a very <laughs> good, if not great – Positional defender. I think you can absolutely slot him in at the three, no problem. Um, so your team would be Steph, D'Angelo, Clay, uh, and then <laughs> you could go Draymond, Willie Cauley Stein, or Willie Cauley sneaky good dude. Pickup. If you have Wiggins, you could go Wiggins Draymond as your death lineup, which I fucking like. Even if you have Wiggins off the well, bench, or Covington, or Covington, yeah, yeah Covington. Covington would be a huge. Pick Covington would be great at the four for them. It would be great, dude. And that team, I would probably pick next, depending on what the Lakers. They do that did. trade right now. That would they would well, be title if, contenders. Well, if you have Covington there, then you don't have D'Angelo. I'm assuming D'Angelo. Yeah, you on get rid team. of D'Angelo. No, I like D'Angelo on that team. Ah. That's what I'm saying. No, but dude, that either defensive way, backcourt. That defensively is horrible, dude. If you're if you're more worried, it the is. Pacers it should is, beat that team. It is. No, you're wrong. You're you're. you're uh, how should I state this? Okay, that is a bad defensive backcourt. It, it is. is a bad it defensive backcourt. And they it don't have not, a Rudy Gobert. Listen to me. It's not even approaching the orbit of how bad Boston's defensive frontcourt is. It's not even approaching oh, in the same realm. What do you realm. mean? That's approaching. That's right there. It's not even in the same realm. As bad as, bad as the Warriors is, Enos Cantor and Gordon Hayward, dude. You're smoking peyote beans. Uh, no, those dude, those dudes are bad at defense. <laughs> D'Angelo. Yeah, but they are. Here's the thing: if, if Steph I doesn't think, have Clay next I think, to him, I think you can it's be different. I think you can be bad. Uh, I think you can be bad uh, front court, and you can scheme your way out of those things, and you can you can you can back those things a little bit, especially if you have a rim protector. But you can't be you can't be the worst offensive front court. Or the worst defensive backcourt of the last fifteen or twenty years, which is defensive what the Celtics are. Yeah, you mean frontcourt? No, I'm talking about the Celtics. Yeah, they have a frontcourt. Frontcourt. Right, but I'm saying I would rather have the bad defensive frontcourt than the bad defensive backcourt. Yeah, frontcourt is center and power forward. God damn it! Yeah, See, I'm this getting is confused. Why, yeah, I'm getting confused. Oh my god! I'm getting confused. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm getting confused. Let's, front let's court. keep listening to your takes, fucking <sighs> front court over here. I'm sorry, I can't make a fucking mistake. <laughs> now I can't win the Iowa primary. Um, 
Yeah, let me rephrase that. But the whole point is, uh, yeah, uh, I think Enos and Hayward are, oh, my God. But the the Warriors don't really have a rim protector. They got Looney, Collie Stein. They're okay. Dude, Collie Stein is, is, Collie Stein is. They're better than cancer, but, like, not, they're not great. No. Collie Stein is a great defender. <laughs> Dude, what are you talking about? Willie Collie Stein, the only thing he does is defensive rebounding. Do you know what? They, they signed him for, like, Two million dollars. Yeah, he's they, not great at anything. Because there's not, there's not, um, there's not a market for centers right now. No, That's not, there's always a market for rim protectors, and he is not that. He's not as much of a rim protector as he is a great positional defender. So there's a difference between a great positional nah, center defender. Willie Cauley Stein is great at nothing. Willie Cauley Stein is a very good defender. He's a very good defender, and he's a very good rebounder. He has zero offensive capability. Uh, Ines Cantor is a very good rebounder. Enos Kanter is a great offensive player and a good rebounder, but the worst defensive center in the league. Yeah, he's pretty bad. The worst defensive center. Kali Stein is not... Kali Stein is a good defender. He's not going to mitigate much of the Steph Curry, uh, D'Angelo Russell mishaps. Uh, but he is a good enough defender that he allows Draymond Green to be that. Kayvon Looney is a better defender. Draymond Green is the best defender in the game today. Not this coming season. Except for Miles Turner. Um uh, yet again, Aaron is wrong. Um, blah, 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 blah. But uh, yeah, and I love what uh, what Golden State, real quickly, is just doing in terms of how they're using their cap space because the market on centers is so low right now. DeMarcus Cousins, you know, there's a chance he may have to sign for a minimum contract, which I don't think is going to happen, but it could. Um, uh, yeah, but I love what they're doing, being able to get Willie Cauley-Stein. Also, the Warriors are going younger. Uh, getting Collie Stein and also Glenn Robinson the third who will get minutes for them and can shoot the three and, and play some D over there. It will be great. He's all right. He's all right. But I think again, once you put players like that in the Warriors system, it kinda heightens them. Um ba 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 ba. And what about your shit signings in the last of a free agency roundup? Oh, we probably have the same ones. I mean, besides we'll get to these, the Knicks and the Suns, yeah. which are ridiculous. Yeah. I'm I'm confused. Why did uh Orlando spend money on Al Farouk Aminu? What are they doing? They spent over ten million a year, I think, on him. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You already and have the thing is, all yeah. front court, front court players. <laughs> uh, I, what? It, like, they have Jonathan Isaac, who's becoming a star slowly. They got Maybe. Vucevic, who's great. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Gordon, that's your front court. I love right Aaron there. Gordon as a player. He's the perfect four to me in today's NBA. Yeah. That's your front court and. He's a four, so is Isaac. They're both pretty much fours. Isaac, I think, is a four today. If yeah. if, if Isaac could shoot like at an above average clip, then he's he could play there. then he could there. play the three. Um but but yeah, I think I finally when you like the magic what they're doing, finally when their town is gelling, um I think I think the magic have a better chance uh than uh, have a chance to be better than the Celtics next year. Um Finally, when they seem to kind of be gelling, they make dumb signings like that. They should have spent that money on Brogdon. They should have tried to get Brogdon. Brogdon would have been great for them. Just shooting. Uh, yeah, Just they shooting. don't need any more fucking front court. 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 They gave Terrence Ross $54 million for four years. He's good, but he's not that good. Yeah, but nobody matches the incompetence of the Knicks and Suns. Let's take the, the Suns. Oh, my God. The fucking Suns. The Who fuck are they they could have gone for You know why they didn't sign uh, D'Angelo? Because he thought it would be a bad influence on Devin Booker. Um, oh my God! Yeah, I don't know. It's they just drafted crazy. It's it's first of all, why is Ricky Rubio getting paid more money than Patrick Beverly? Can you explain this to me? I cannot. 
he he's a career 38% field goal shorter, 30, 32% from the three, which he shot worse than last year. He's led the league in assists twice, but that was uh, really three, four years ago now, I believe. He only averaged six assists last year in Utah. Patrick Beverly shot 42% from three, is one of the finest defenders at the point guard position. Uh, and I don't think there's really any more uh, to I think say they tried that. to sign him, but he did not want to go there. No, but uh, Beverly signed for far less money. Yeah, uh, for the Clippers. Than Rubio did. I would pay Beverly $58 million. Was Was Rubio at 58 or 51? Uh, 51. For how many years? Three? Three. Dude, dude, he can't shoot. Like in today's NBA, you can't play a guy at the at a backcourt, 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 <laughs> backcourt position who can't shoot. And that too, below 32%. That's crazy. When the Pacers were going to sign him, I was in a serious like uh, risk-cutting watch, prevention watch all oh, fucking day. Oh, I know. Day. You guys wanted him hard. No, we didn't. Oh, the, the Pacers wanted him hard, but the Pacers fan base did not want him hard. Yeah, that was confusing. I sent several very threatening messages to Kevin Pritchard and his children. I'm sorry, Kevin Pritchard. I take all that back, GM of oh. the Pacers. But... Uh, Ricky Rubio, I wouldn't. You couldn't pay me to have Ricky Rubio on my roster. I wouldn't even want him third or fourth point guard on my roster at this point. I'd rather have Jose Calderon because at least oh, I can. No. I can at least. I'll tell. I'll tell you why. It's terrible. At least I can stand the old dead man in the corner and he can fucking shoot some threes from the corner. You know what no, I mean? At least I'll crazy. get that out of him. But that's how much I. De- I probably am. But that's how much I devalue Ricky Rubio in today's he's NBA. Tough to, he's tough to value. And three years, fifty-one million. Are you kidding me? Are you yeah. kidding me? Are you kidding me? Get D'Angelo. And all of a sudden, you have a team there. D'Angelo Booker in the backcourt, backcourt, backcourt. Uh, and DeAndre in the frontcourt, frontcourt, frontcourt. All of a sudden, that's a squad in three years that can make some fucking noise. Do you see what they just did? They, uh, they just, had a trade, just had a trade today. Shut up. They got rid of uh, Josh Jackson, their number four pick. Right. They got rid of they D'Anthony got rid of Josh Jackson, part, like their backup slash yeah. sometimes starting point guard. Oh, I'm disgusted. To get rid of uh, to get Kyle Korver, who they're gonna wave. Gross. And uh, who'll be on the Lakers? I guarantee it's starting for the Lakers soon. Uh, and who else? Uh, they yeah. literally just gave away those two guys and second round picks to get Javon Carter, some point guard I've never heard right. of, right? And Kyle Korver, who they're gonna wave. Javon That's Carter sounds like the name of like when two K makes up a draft class. You know what I mean? The third pick, Javon Carter. Um, yeah. But Memphis got those players, so Memphis is making some little moves here. That- I, I like the way Memphis is constructing. They're doing that really smart. Yeah, they're um, doing some like Pelicans Memphis, moves. What they're doing is great. That team's league pass. I'm going to be all over that team on league pass. Uh, and Pelicans, I love the, what yeah, the Pelicans Yeah, the bad teams are, are looking too. amazing, minus the Knicks and the Suns. Dude, but then the Knicks uh, say they don't sign Kevin Durant because James Dolan doesn't <laughs> want to offer the max, yeah. which I don't believe. I think this is one of those things you ask her out or she breaks up yeah. with you, and you're like, oh, I broke up with her. Exactly. You know, And shitty teams do this. I think that's what's going on with D'Angelo and the Suns. When they, when they, I think they wanted D'Angelo, and they right. didn't get him. And they say, oh, you know, front office. Or, uh, we don't like, uh, you know, we're worried about pairing with Booker. I think the Knicks obviously wanted KD. They didn't get him, and they mm-hmm. say, Oh, yeah, it's because of that. Because who wouldn't want KD when you could rather have Taj Gibson? Taj and Gibson and <laughs> Bobby Randall Portis. And Bobby Portis. I like the Julius Randle signing. Those and other think, two are, like, yeah, mind-boggling. I think to a small degree, um, let's get to the Knicks real quick before we get out of here. And to a small degree, it's what happened with Boston, with Kyrie, when they're like, oh, we would have traded 
uh, at any point for Kemba, but I kind of believe that one because I would rather have Kemba. I would rather have him too. than Kyrie. I would rather have Kemba on any team than Kyrie. And you know, I know Kyrie's more talented, but that's just the way it is. Um, okay, back to the Knicks real quick. So they sign Julius Randle, right? Fine. I'm actually fine with that signing. I think Julius Randle is a little bit underrated. Yeah, I think he's pretty good. You know, I think he's he's. You know, Chris Stapps was great and everything, but I think he's probably a little bit closer to Chris Stapps than uh, most people would say. I think he's eighty-five percent of Chris Stapps. I'm well, a little bit. They I'm have a little a bit. Pretty different game. They do, but in terms of production, like how much did Chris Stapps average before he got hurt? Like twenty-two. Uh, 22-24, but Chris Stapps is three and D, big man D, and Julius isn't really either of those. So those, he was, those he was are a more shot, He was a shot blocker. Yeah, I, I, for sure, for sure. I'm not saying he's a better player than Chris Stapps, but I think um, in a different way, uh, Julius replaces uh, production, at least at the offensive end, 21 points a game. Yeah, is he not could small. grow into a star. And like, I think uh, Julius is a, is a good uh, rebounder. I don't, I'm not sure about his ability as a defender. I know he's not a shot blocker. He's not known as a defender. Not known as a – but good. I think with Mitchell Robinson, who is a great defender, he's a great, that's a great <gasps> front court, front court, front court, front court, young front court. Potentially. Yeah. Mitchell Robinson's uh, he's young. He doesn't know what he's doing yet, yeah. but he's good at blocking. And shots. I don't have a problem – I mean, I have a problem with the Knicks' delusion that they think they can be a shitty franchise. Like, James Dolan is literally like a tin pot dictator. Uh, he's banned press organizations because of coverage. He, because Charles Oakley had a, an opinion. Charles, the great Charles Oakley, Knicks legend, had an opinion that uh, J- he dared to have an opinion about the team James Dolan didn't like. He had security come up, rough up Charles Oakley. Uh, yeah. and kick him out, which is ridiculous. Uh, terrible owner. But, you know, it seems like their GM, Steve Mills, might not be a, a complete jacktard. I actually like the young five they put together. Like, their starting yeah. five, in terms of allowing it to develop and maybe be shitty and add more draft picks to it, is not bad. And also, there's enough assets here that you may be able to trade for somebody. And that five is... Uh, I don't believe in the guards at all. It's Dennis Smith Jr. I don't think Dennis Smith has gotten a shot yet. Dennis Smith and R.J. Barrett, who no, we'll RJ's see. No, R.J.'s the three. I think they're slotting Knox at the three. Oh, yeah, there's Knox. Yeah, I, I think they're him. going okay. uh, Dennis, Jr., uh, Dennis Smith Jr., and R.J. Barrett, which I like that as a young. Let's see. Let's see what it's there. Knox and Barrett, to me, and then they Knox have the most at three, right? Yeah. Who Knox came out of the great gate great last year, and then Randall and Robinson, who has a great chance to develop. That's a great little starting five. They'll win you 25, 30 games, and maybe you find some things that are there that are special. But you'll, at least you'll yeah. find out whether they are or not. What I don't like is what they did after that. Uh, who do they sign? Todd Gibson. Todd Gibson. And like two other. Bobby real, Portis. Bobby Portis. And who else? Uh, there was somebody else like that. Was there? No, I think that's it. Five signings. Here we go. Wayne Ellington. Wayne Reggie Ellington. Bullock. Wow. Bobby Portis. And Todd Gibson. This is so dumb to me. Why did they get those two shooters? Listen, they had thirty million in cap space after they signed Randall. Okay, thirty million in cap space. It's been all eaten up by these signings. You do what the Nets did. You keep your cap space open. You take on bad contracts right. that are assets, and you take on draft picks for cap space. Yeah, which is what the Nets did. 
yeah. then they found themselves in a great situation where they had draft picks again after the Boston trade. They had great young assets, some of which were overpaid, but they had the cap space to take on yeah. to take them on. And then it allowed them to be maneuver- maneuverable it's later like when that, those uh, contracts came up. It's like yeah. they're trying to build around LeBron James without having LeBron James. Right. <laughs> what are you doing? These are all, yeah. These are all Lakers signings. These are Todd Lakers signings. Bobby Portis, Reggie Bullock, Wayne Ellington. Keep your cap space flexible. Take on bad contracts and 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 picks yeah. and start to be able to package something in the future. Get one star. Get reclamation and, projects. Get Spencer uh, Dinwiddie's. Yeah. Take risks like exactly. that. But not this proven, exactly. proven to be mediocre. You get Karis LeVert at the 20 yeah. by trading that young to the Pacers for the 20 Porter pick. Take Michael Porter Jr. Take Michael Porter Jr. Like, they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Like, I honestly think if you took the... An AI today, which the most advanced AI today, which isn't really all that advanced, you know, in terms of where it's going, and you let them run the Knicks or the Suns, on like just like let it on yeah. autoplay, and you're like just took the decision from it, like a how, what yeah. is it, three thousand, nine thousand, you would have seven times more competent you of a roster. Take the average two K player, I think it's better. Than this. <laughs> Give me three professors from UCLA <laughs> who don't know anything about who basketball. don't know anything about basketball. <laughs> Give me. Uh, Two guys in the statistics department, you know what I mean? And yeah. one financial guy for the cap. And I will come out with a better team Ugh. than these guys are doing. I am Horrible. disgusted. We're leaving it at that. I'm so fucking disgusted. Horrible Aaron mix. Weaver at Aaron Weaver on Twitter, Twitter and Instagram. Sean fucking just, uh, I got to leave now and just contemplate how good the Pacers are and how wrong Aaron was about everything on the podcast. No, good night, people. Front court. <laughs>